Blaze Radio Network. And now, the Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show. The more the world changes, the more we find comfort in the things that never change. This is Rabbi Daniel Lappin, On Demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show, where I, your rabbi, reveal how the world really works. Thank you so much for being part of the show. And um, I I think that uh, everybody realizes that um, this is a show for happy warriors. It's only for happy warriors. And if by any chance any clowns or creeps or crooks or cranks are tuned in, please hang up, go and listen to something else. This show is not for you. It is exclusively for happy warriors. That's right. The Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show is for happy warriors. Why do I call you listeners happy warriors? Well, because in order to live happy and fulfilling lives, you've got to be ready and willing to fight six days a week. If nothing else, you have to fight against the forces of entropy that cause deterioration in everything you own. You have to fight to maintain your possessions, to maintain your home, to maintain your car, to maintain your garden, and if you're lucky enough to have a farm, to maintain your farm. You have to fight to build and maintain your family. You have to fight to grow your money. You've even got to fight to maintain your body and your strength. You've got to fight to maintain your business or your profession or your career. You see, the good Lord created a world in which chaos and disorder rule. That's Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And uh, I don't just call you warriors, but I think of you as happy warriors. Because to throw yourself into the fight for 8 or 10 hours every day, and to do that for 6 days a week, well, that's one thing. But to do all of that, with a debonair smile on your face and a jaunty pace to your stride, with a cheerful greeting to all you meet, whether you know them well or not, and all that while generating an irrepressible surge of happiness welling up in your soul. What that means is that you are spiritually grounded in everything that is life-affirming, devoted to your faith, your families, your finances, your friends, and your fitness, knowing that, yes, you can triumph over all those clowns and crooks and creeps and cranks who both intentionally or unknowingly promote a dark abyss of satanic secular socialism and all the many destructive and evil social pathologies that it generates. When I reveal to you how the world really works, it's in the hope that you will help defeat those pathetic creatures 
of modern secular fundamentalism, those orphans of history who possess neither Judeo-Christian fortitude nor even pagan ferocity, which would almost be welcome. Those hideous hermaphrodites and fanatical feminists running media, education, government bureaucracies, entertainment, they possess neither the strength of men nor the intuitive wisdom of women. (laughs) But they do do a lot of damage, don't they? But don't worry. Here on the Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show, I solemnly commit to help you transform timidity to triumph. Together, we will replace diffidence with determination, and we will displace the divided counsels of doubt with a steady eye and a firm heart. Those who just like us know where they are going and know just how they're going to get there. We strive for success, first with ourselves and with our families, with our faith and then our finances and our friends, forming bonds of the like-minded, after which we might then be ready to take on the formidable task of saving our frighteningly fragile civilization from those who would force us to surrender our freedoms and our souls to the whims and the dictates of those who consider themselves to be our superiors, our elites, our betters, our bosses, our rulers. But remember, before we change the world, we have to first change ourselves. And what a good start. We're each one of us happy warriors. A happy warrior is a gentle giant with a huge and humble heart. We have to make our homes and businesses better places. And then our efforts will become leveraged and together we'll be able to achieve so much more. That's why I invite each and every one of you to make sure that you have joined our band of happy warriors at the rabbidaniellappin.com website. And then together we can all achieve so much more. Remember that the two sure ways of building a bridge over the dark abyss of mortality is by building a family, building our finances, and connecting with others who share that worldview, or even with others who share part of the worldview. That's what we have to do. Now, this is probably not a bad time for me to review the predictions for 2022 that I made in uh, on the podcast, on the show, that appeared on December 24th, 2021. It's now right at the beginning of 2023. And so, you know, unlike those who make their predictions proudly and then shrink away when the predictions don't work out, I, your rabbi, will man up to my flaws and my failures, and we will examine together the five predictions I made at the end of 2021, about 2022, and now at the beginning of 2023, we'll see how well I did. We'll give me a score, and if you disagree with that score, well, 
if you're a happy warrior, then I listen to your opinion and your view. And you can go right to the Happy Warrior website that you are a member of and tell me that I've overscored myself and that I have to trim it down a little bit, dial it down a few notches. Well, we shall see. But here we are at the beginning of uh, 2023, and um, uh, it's, it's probably worthwhile my mentioning that this is a really good time to make commitments for the rest of the year. Now, I'm not a huge believer in New Year's resolutions because everybody knows that they don't last very long, but I am a big believer in making a commitment to make commitments, and that's a different story because, you know, making one giant commitment on December the 31st every year, yeah, you know, (laughs) by mid-January, it's forgotten. But um, we prepared something that Susan and I both use ourselves and uh, most of our children do and most of our friends do, and it's something that you will probably find useful as well. If you go to rabbidaniellappin.com, and in the search bar on the upper right-hand corner, that's at rabbidaniellappin.com, you will find a search bar, and you put in the word chart, C-H-A-R-T, because what we're looking for is a program called Chart Your Course. And if you write in the word C-H-A-R-T, chart and hit return, you will come to the Chart Your Course book and video bundle. And there's, there's several different ways you can, you can go about joining in on this program. But it's based on something that we do a lot of, which is boating. And I'm not speaking about going out on Sunday afternoon, you know, for a few hours. When the Lappin family goes boating, it's usually for four or five, maybe six weeks. And we travel considerable distances off the west coast of Canada in their province of British Columbia. And uh, navigation is required. Uh, One summer a few years ago, we actually sailed to Hawaii, 22 days on the open ocean. So we know a thing or two about charting your course, because whether you're dealing with life or whether you're doing, dealing with a boating voyage, the idea of a boating voyage as a paradigm for life is, is a very, very well-established one throughout literature. Uh, there's a lot of material on it, and for good reason. Because whether you're making decisions of how to get from January the 1st to January the 31st, achieving the best and most in your life, or whether you're trying to get from, um, you know, Nanaimo, British Columbia to Pender Harbor, in in all cases, uh, you need to know exactly where you are, you need to know exactly where you want to end up, and you need to know the course you must steer along the way. You need to know how much fuel you will need for your engine. You will need to know uh, what the weather is going to be like and what precautions you have to take. And all of these are metaphors so accurately for life as well. And so uh, if you head over to rabbidaniellappin.com, read up about the Chart Your Course program by means of which you convert the futility of one big New Year's resolution or two or three big New Year's resolutions into 52 steps 
to progress through the year and to monitor your progress through the year every single week. Uh, read about this chart your course program and see whether you think it might work for you um, as well as it does for Susan and me and our children and their families. And uh, if it does, go for it. And uh, I wish you incredible success. Uh, that is designed to bring you as much success as you are willing to deal with. And you know what I mean by that, right? So uh, let's go back, if you don't mind, and let's take a look at my predictions from a show that was called Rabbi Daniel Lappin's Five Predictions for 2022. And it appeared uh, late December 20, 2021. And um, by the way, the, the transcript is available. If you, um, if you go on the Rabbi Daniel Lappin website and you look for podcast and you go and look for, and find it on LipSync, What's nice is we also provide the transcript there for free. So um, I'm, I've got the transcript in front of me right now, just so as I have to confront honestly and candidly uh, every single thing that I said uh, just about a year ago. And as I go back now to evaluate exactly what really happened and what I really said. So um, let us, um, uh, I, I started off the show <laughs> by saying how dangerous it was to make, uh, to make predictions. And I, uh, I even made a weak joke and I said it's particularly dangerous to make predictions about the future. And, um, and I spoke about predictions, notorious predictions that have been made <clears throat> in the past, um, how uh, the chief legal and financial advisor to Henry Ford uh, was also the president of the Michigan Savings Bank. And in 1903, just as Henry Ford was ramping up the very first production line for an automobile, he said, quoting, the automobile is a fad. It's a novelty. Horses are here to stay. <laughs> uh, and, and many more such uh, predictions. The postmaster, the United States Postmaster General, uh, listened to him in 1959. And this is only 10 years before man landed on the moon in July 1969. And, uh, and Arthur Summerfield, who's the U.S. Postmaster General, said, well before man reaches the moon, your mail will be delivered in hours from New York to Australia by guided missiles. <laughs> you know, if our mail could be delivered from New York to Los Angeles in days, let alone hours, we'd be grateful. Uh, but all the post office does is keep requiring more and more money to deliver less and less service. So... Um, you know, and, and, and I said back then, and it's even truer today, you can safely say that the United States Postal Service is primarily a pension and benefits organization with a small side business of, of delivering mail and packages. Uh, they're certainly not fulfilling Arthur Summerfield's prediction. But enough of his predictions and enough of Steve Chen, who founded YouTube's predictions 
um, who said, I just don't know. There aren't that many videos I would want to watch. That's what uh, Steve Chen said uh, less than two decades ago. But enough of those failed predictions. Let's take a look at what Rabbi Daniel Appen predicted. Um, and I'm not sure the record is, is a whole lot better for me. But for what it's worth, here we go. Um, so I'm reading the transcript. Um, I, uh, you, you've got to be careful about predictions, particularly if they're about the future. And remember, again, I'm not giving you these predictions in order to show how clever I am, because I don't think I am particularly, but I think that I'm giving them to you because I'm hoping you'll be able to make use of them, um, and, and you will be able to say, yeah, you know, um, you know, he, he, either he's right or he's wrong, meaning me, uh, but there may be some insight that could serve you very well indeed. So these predictions I'm giving to you almost as much as stimulation than prediction, but I'm going to give them to you as predictions. That's what I said by way of introduction one year ago. And I said, okay, there are five of them I'm sharing with you today. And the first one is blockchain technology. Now, blockchain technology is the way that Bitcoin works and and so on and so forth. I'm not going <laughs> to read the whole show. Uh, but what I said is that blockchain technology is going to grow and expand. Um, and, uh, and so I said, look, if I say to you, what's blockchain technology used for? You say, well, it's used for cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. And you're absolutely right. But a year ago, I said, my prediction is we're going to see blockchain technology used for many, many more things. And so one way you might decide to make use of this prediction of mine today is you might decide to devote a certain amount of time in 2022 to learning blockchain technology. Okay, well, how, do I, how much do I give myself out of 10? Let's take a look at what's happened in 2022 when it comes to blockchain. Now, one thing that happened is that, uh, that um, um, FTX, the uh, crypto coin exchange, I mean, a huge, huge company collapsed and uh, Bankman Freed, the, uh, the founder and owner, is in jail waiting trial. And uh, that terrified crypto coin investors. It knocked down crypto coin currency. And, um, and, uh, and so a lot of people thought, wow, you know, that's, that's going to make blockchain technology take a hit as well. But they're wrong. You know, that's like saying, let's say, for instance, that a bridge collapses, like one collapsed in Ohio a few years ago from a bad maintenance. That doesn't mean steel is a bad material. Just because one of the uses of blockchain technology, namely Bitcoin, other crypto coins, just because that has taken a hit doesn't mean that the underlying technology is, is wrong or bad, and it isn't. Because um, some of the things that it's being used for now, money transfer, um, you know, like like cryptocurrency, but also other than that, um, tr being able to transfer money even by wire or by bank, but using bit, uh, using cr um, uh, blockchain in order for all parties to know that I exactly when the deal has actually taken place. Uh, smart contracts is another area. Um, it's a uh, 
a, a programmatic agreement between two parties. The contracts exist on the blockchain and cannot be altered. And so these transactions um, are processed by the blockchain, which means they happen automatically without the need for a third party. The contracts only execute when all the agreed-upon conditions are met. And it's all automatic, and both sides trust it. And you don't need a, uh, a title company, not a title company, you don't need an escrow company or, or a third-party attorney. It's all on the blockchain. I, I personally see no reason why that's not going to expand and continue. Um, decentralizing a finance is another area. Um, voting. I can't imagine, well, I can imagine why certain parties do not want it used for voting, because those parties have a vested interest in the loosey-goosey quality of American voting. Enough said. Um, medical record keeping. All right, it's It's been moving to digital record keeping for a few years now, but blockchain um, patient records could be stored with full security and would, and, and would make them impossible to tamper with. Uh, supply chain management, you know, we're certainly seeing a lot of pain in what they call supply chain management, um, all, all of these anyway. So how much do we give me on my prediction that blockchain technology during 2022 is going to spread? What are we going to give me out of 10? Come on. Um, gosh, I'm kind of like, I, I want to say 10 out of 10, really. I, this, this one was dead on. But fine, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it 9 out of 10. But, you know, if you disagree with me, then at the website as a happy warrior, please go ahead and tell me. I will, I will certainly take your uh, views very seriously. But I'm giving, I'm giving me 9 out of 10 on last year's prediction number one, okay? That's what I'm doing. Um, okay. Um, let's see. Um, I mean, I, I could tell you more, more things. I've, I've really been looking into it over the last month or two. And, uh, um, I, you know, I could tell you the ways that blockchain technology is, is improving logistics, you know, part of the supply chain. I could tell you how blockchain technology is impacting leadership and, and government. I mean, the way Singapore has started implementing, um, uh, blockchain technology, it, it's amazing. It really is. So what I'm going to say is that, that, is that I, as I have uh, learned as much as I could about block to, uh, blockchain technology, I believe it's not going away and it'll be expanding in the years to come. Uh, FTX failing and the drop in value of cryptocurrencies, you know, it'll impact regulation and all that sort of thing. There'll be government involvement, but uh, much more going on uh, in that area. So yes, I'm giving myself 9 out of 10 on that particular prediction. And now we come to the second of the five predictions I made in December 2021 about the forthcoming year, 2022. And here's what I said, and uh, I've got the transcript of the podcast in front of me. Here's what I said. Let's go to prediction number two. A prediction number two is that China will absorb Taiwan into greater China, but the, that's fairly common. Plenty of people give you that prediction. My difference is that the discussions about 
whether America will defend Taiwan against the Chinese invasion or should America defend Taiwan against the Chinese invasion. All of that is meaningless and irrelevant because I believe that China will absorb Taiwan without a single bullet being fired, not a single bomb will be exploded, and it will happen very simply and straightforwardly. Um, so, okay, um, let's try and get to the answer. You might say China did not take over Taiwan in 2022, and you'd be right. But that's not what I said. I said that it will be a bulletless, bombless takeover. And so uh, it didn't happen, but the process is well underway. That did happen. Uh, China played a role in Taiwan's in elections that took place in 2022, um, most recently November 2022, regional elections, and something very important happened there. So let me try and explain. Um, there are two main political factions in Taiwan, which is known as the Republic of China, as opposed to the PRC, the People's Republic of China, which is mainland China. So uh, Taiwan, or the ROC, have two uh, different main political factions. One is called the Pan-Blue Coalition, and the other is the Pan-Green Coalition. And essentially, the Pan-Blue Coalition um, is made up of uh, uh, the, um, uh, well, it's mostly the Kuomintang Party, known as the KMT Party. And the KMT Party is um, stands for eventual reunification with the People's Republic of China. The other coalition, the Pan-Green Coalition, which is dominated by the Democratic Progressive Party, offers visions of Taiwanese independence. And um, what happened is that in the 2022 election, the pro-People's Republic of China Party, the KMT, made huge gains. In other words, I think that what I uh, foresaw and predicted is happening even as we speak, which is that um, the people of Taiwan are being moved slowly and gradually to realize that their future does lie with mainland China. And so China involving itself in the November 22 elections and the resulting elections, a huge victory for the pro-PRC KMT party, uh, yeah, we're well underway. Look, people in Taiwan are not stupid by any means. They're wonderful people. Having spent time there, I can tell you I really enjoyed meeting them. Um, mainland China um, accounts for nearly 50% of Taiwan's exports last year, 2021. How much of China's... Of, Taiwan's exports did America take? 15%. I mean, how much clearer do you need it to be? Right? If you live in Taiwan, in some way or another, your welfare is tied to the exporting that goes on. Okay? One of the problems in America is that we uh, pay much more for imports than we than we than we spend on ex than we make on exports. It's called a balance of trade deficit, which we have. Hong Kong, do, uh, excuse me, Taiwan does not have that. Taiwan sells 
of their stuff to mainland China, and they sell 15% to the United States of America. So the average informed Taiwanese can do the arithmetic. It's not hard. How about their imports? 22% of everything that Taiwan imported came from mainland China. How much do they import from the United States? 10% of their imports come from America. Right? Their, their future is mainland China. You don't have to be a genius to make my prediction. It's just the arithmetic. And meanwhile, in order to help educate the people of Taiwan, during 2022, and I checked this, China's uh, air force incursions into Taiwan's air defense zone nearly doubled from 2021. A huge surge in fighter and bomber sorties into Taiwan airspace as Beijing intensified these kinds of flights in order to remind, look, again, you know, uh, if I lived in Taiwan, I'd look up in the sky and see a fleet of mainland China bombers going by, and I'd say, you know what, I don't really think I want to see my city and our island pulverized by Chinese bombs. Like, for what? Why? And um, they will make the necessary adjustments and and arrangements. So, uh, so the um, uh, the the uh, elections in Taiwan in in November. Uh, remember, the KMT, the pro-China Unification Party, scored big, and so the 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 leadership status of the Pan Blue Coalition increased and dominates. And so, uh, yeah, the Democratic Progressive Party were, were defeated uh, and totally outperformed by KMT. And uh, I believe that uh, China, mainland China, has a lot to do with helping the KMT and uh, promoting them in Chinese elections. And so, yeah, what happens is that they... Um, what happens is, of course, that little by little, is you know, people and ideas and hearts are being changed, and the um, at the election process will eventually reach a point where they will simply say, yeah, you know, China will have people in Taiwan saying, let's put it to a vote, let's have a uh, referendum on whether we should join up with mainland China. And by then, and I'm, I don't know whether that process will be complete in 2023 or maybe 2028, I don't know. But um, uh, unfortunately, American planners are way off target on this. It's not ever going to be a question of will America defend Taiwan. America cannot defend Taiwan. It wouldn't have the will to defend Taiwan. It's completely nonsensical. And it's never going to be needed because that's not going to be the process um, they're not stupid. Neither the leadership of the People's Republic of China, although their handling of COVID is another story and needs to be examined. But uh, regarding Taiwan, so as I put it, <coughs> um, China will absorb Taiwan into greater China and it'll be without bullets and, um, and without bombs. 
And so I certainly didn't get the timing right because um, I said it would absorb it. And obviously, that hasn't happened. But I do think the process is well underway. So I'm, I don't deserve 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 for that. But that the process I predicted is well underway and I can show it happening. You've got to give me some credit for that. So uh, what do you say if I give my, th- would, you, would you give me four on that? Four out of 10? What do you think? Can I get four out of 10? Or maybe, maybe some of you might give me a bit more than four. Um, three, a little less, three out of 10. Come on, what, what's it going to be? I'm going to take four unless I hear from you to the contrary. And so uh, uh, we can go on to my third prediction. Okay, third prediction is as follows. My third prediction, and again, I'm going to the transcript. Third prediction says that Russia uh, takes Ukraine. And again, I should have said invades Ukraine, in which case it would have been an absolute win. But um, um, I said uh, um, that that is going to that is going to happen. Well, <clears throat> they didn't complete it, but they certainly began it. And that was um, just three months after my prediction was made. In in December, the invasion took place in February, and uh, I've got to give myself on that. What do you think? What do I what do I get on that? Do you think? Um, so it didn't complete the invasion, but it did happen exactly when I said it would happen during 2022. Um, so I certainly don't deserve 10 or 9, but I surely deserve better than 5, right? It was, it was, it was much more than half, right? Um, so I'm going to take 7 out of 10 for that prediction, unless, again, unless you oppose as as always this show is for you the happy warriors and i certainly do not want to claim credit that you do not want to cede to me so i'm going to say for prediction number three i'm taking seven out of ten but you can always go to the website if you are a happy warrior then i want to hear from you you can always go to the we happy warriors website and um, go in and say no you're wrong taking 7 out of 10. You deserve 10 out of 10 on that one. No, I don't think anyone will say that. But um, with respect, with respect to the um, the Russia takes Ukraine issue, um, this I, I don't want to make a prediction on this, but um, I will say that what the Biden administration has done is it's, it's like the, <laughs> you know, the legendary uh, grabbing the tail of a tiger. Um, now what do you do? You know, you've got the tail of the tiger, okay, uh, and he, he can't reach you because as he turns around trying to bite you, uh, the back of his body moves further away and you're clinging onto the tail. So you're kind of, for now, out of range of the tiger's gnashing teeth. But what's the next move? That's kind of where we're at. And uh Again, in planning your 2023, as you work on your five Fs, and this one probably impacts mostly finance and friendship. In other words, friendship means not just your immediate friends, but it's your community, and it's even the uh, the polity. It's even the the political entity to which you belong. 
whether it's your city or your state or your county or wherever you are most active. But um, uh, the F of friends in the 5F program means all relationships that are not sexual or financial. And I, uh, I, I call family relationships sexual, not in the sense that you have sex with every member of your family. Obviously not. That's ridiculous. But meaning that family is derived from a fundamental sexual relationship, right? Uh, as I always say, uh, if, if you got together with family for Christmas and you were with uncles and aunts and with cousins and you had a grand old family time, well, that was because a long time ago, grandpa and grandma um, had a very close physical relationship and they loved one another in every meaning of the word. That's why you have family. So, uh, all relationships with people that are not financial, there's no business or financial relationship, and non-family, non-sexual, uh, those would be friendships. So if you're a member of uh, the Parent Teachers Association at your school or if you're on the Homeowners Association of your neighborhood or whatever it is, those relationships would come under the friendship category. And so in terms of what happens in Ukraine, it's most likely going to affect your finances, and you should be aware of that, and also, uh, to some extent, your uh, your friendships, meaning in its extended sense. What am I saying? I'm saying that uh, they jumped into, into Ukraine, okay? And um, th- what happened was that in 2014, and as I've explained before, all of this revolves around the fact that uh, that um, the United States started pushing to um, influence Ukrainian politics. And, you know, you remember the, the cry that China, excuse me, that Russia got Donald Trump elected in 2016 turned out to be completely untrue, false. Uh, but America, on its own admission, um, has been spending, <clears throat> had by 2014, had by 2014, spent $5 billion to influence Ukraine's election, $5 billion. And uh, the idea was to install a pro-American um, uh, leader in the form of Viktor Yanukovych. And um, US, America even... Uh, sponsored and backed protests that broke out in Kiev and in other cities across the country in order for the government to switch to this pro-American government. And what was the idea? Uh, The whole idea was that uh, the the great grand plan was to move Ukraine into the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, into NATO. And I've spoken about this. Um, Did I make a mistake um, earlier about uh, Yanukovych? I should check. But at any rate, just to to clarify, uh, Viktor Yanukovych was not American-backed. America had him removed. He was elected um, by a widely accepted democratic election in Ukraine in 2010, I think it was. And uh, America interfered in elections and provoked street protests in 2014 to bring about a change of government to get rid of Viktor Yanukovych and to replace him um, with various people that would culminate eventually with uh, the clown Zelensky, uh, who, who is there now and has really sort of brought the country to, uh, 
to, to an absolute calamity. But um, there are very embarrassing phone, recorded phone calls between uh, United States um, diplomats like Victoria Newland, who had a lot to do with this whole idea of bringing um, uh, Ukraine into NATO. And John McCain gave speeches in uh, Ukraine during this period, also 2014, saying the destiny of Ukraine lies with America. Honest to goodness, I mean, these were things that an American um, sitting senator actually said. Now, the reason this is important is because um, ever since the uh, end of World War II and the whole period of, of the Cold War, and particularly with the breakup of the Soviet Union at the end of the 80s, uh, all thoughtful, I'm speaking about people like uh, George Kennan and Henry Kissinger, and I mean, people who really had experience in uh, American politics, all of these guys said that the, the worst mistake would be to get Ukraine into NATO because it would be an unacceptable provocation to America. Um, there's a guy called William Burns, who at the time was President Bush's ambassador to Russia and now works for President Biden as I think he's the director of the CIA, of the Central Intelligence Agency. Anyway, I've seen a memo that he wrote in 2014 to then Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice, not 2014, it was, uh, was before that. He wrote, um, it was uh, 2008 is when it was, and here are his words, Ukrainian entry into NATO is the brightest of all red lines for the Russians. In more than two and a half years of conversations with key Russian players, from knuckle-draggers in the dark recesses of the Kremlin to Putin's sharpest liberal critics, I have yet to find anyone who views Ukraine in NATO as anything other than a direct challenge to Russian interests. It would be seen as throwing down the strategic gauntlet. Today's Russia will respond. Russian-Ukrainian relations will go into a deep freeze. It'll create fertile soil for Russian meddling in Crimea and eastern Ukraine. It was, a, it was like I was a prophet. His predictions were better than mine. And again, to, to get clear understanding of what this is like, if you could imagine uh, China meddling in Mexico's elections and installing, in arranging Chinese-backed protests on the streets of Mexican cities, and the result is the installation of a pro-Chinese government in Mexico, which then allows the placing of Chinese air bases and naval bases in Tijuana and, uh, and other parts of Mexico. Would America sit by for that? Well, we don't have to speculate. We only have to think about the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962, and that's, you know, 70 miles off the coast of America, and America would not tolerate Russian weapons being placed in Cuba. Well, Russia would not tolerate American weapons, Pershing missiles and NATO weaponry being placed on its borders in Ukraine. Uh, I mean, anybody who knew anything at all knew this was right. And so um, this 2014 a terrible, terrible nonsense about pushing for um, uh, for Ukraine to become pro-American and to instigate an uprising there, like really dumb stuff. And so 
where now and again, not a prediction, but just looking ahead, fine. So America is spending a lot of money sending a lot of military equipment to uh, the Ukraine, to Ukraine, right? Not the Ukraine anymore. A whole lot they're spending. So uh, what is the end play? What is, what is the, the, the end game here? And honestly, you know, as a general rule, I always say, please don't go into a meeting, not with your spouse, not with your children, not with your boss, not with somebody who you're interviewing with for a job, not with an employee. Don't go into a meeting if you don't have in your mind the ideal outcome for you and the next best acceptable outcome for you. You've got to know those things before going in. And I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever that the Biden administration, the U.S. government, does not have a clue as to what it wanted to get out of this. Not a clue, and certainly has no idea of how it is going to get out, how it's going to to move. Um, So how's this war going? I don't know. Uh, I don't have enough military information on what's exactly going. I don't know. But I do know that keeping Ukraine in the war has come at a very high cost to the United States. No question about it. Uh, America is not just supporting Ukraine. It is fighting the war in Ukraine's name. Uh, From early on in the war, the United States has been providing GPS targeting information for drone strikes on Russian personnel. Uh, Since the middle of 2021, No, since the middle of 2022, I'm sorry, since the middle of 2022, uh, the United States has been supplying Ukraine with M142 computer-targeted rocket artillery systems. Like, this is the latest stuff. And our own inventory, America's own inventory is low on this, but they're keeping shipping them to Ukraine. So um, most of the damage that is being inflicted on Russian troops is coming from America. Ukrainians are dying, but the battle is being fought and the damage is being inflicted on Russia by America. Look, the war has no natural stopping point. Right? What is this? What do you want out of this? If Ukraine wins and the U.S. will keep, and it'll only win if the U.S. keeps pursuing this war to ultimate victory, um, then... Ukraine will come into NATO, and it will require a huge ongoing military presence in Ukraine. If you thought the military presence at the uh, Korea, in South Korea was high, if you thought the military presence in Japan was high, it'll be nothing compared to the military presence, ongoing military presence needed in Ukraine. Is this something that Americans really want? Honestly, and that's, that's not all. Think about what is happening to the financial. And again, not to get technical on this, but um, uh, America has already arranged for Russia to be cut off from the SWIFT system, which is a system uh, based in Belgium. It's used for international financial transfers. And so the result, China and Russia have joined together with possibly India joining in. So there's a big slice of the world's population creating their own form of transfer system. Very bad for America. Why? Because it risks the United States dollar losing its status as the world reserve currency. Why is that such a problem? Well, because it's the world reserve currency, it allows America to sustain deficits uh, 
they would bankrupt anybody else, including us, if our currency wasn't the reserve currency. Uh, in addition to that, America has frozen about a quarter of a trillion dollars of Russian money. And again, big problem. If you are a world bank, if you are the reserve currency, and other countries store their money with you, which is hugely valuable. I mean, just think, right? Banks make money. Well, America's the bank of the world. And how, you can't stop people from withdrawing their money. And if you do, they are going to very quickly realize they need a new world bank. And so right now, <laughs> I'm not going to do prophecies or predictions for 2022, but uh, I'm pretty sure that Russia, China, and probably India will set up alternatives to, number one, to the, to the SWIFT transfer system, and more seriously, that perhaps the Chinese renminbi becomes the new world currency, certainly something China would want to see, and now Russia would back them as well. It's, this is just craziness, absolute craziness. And my belief that this is being pursued so aggressively by the Bidens um, is that by the Bidens are uh, corruptly tied up with Ukrainian money. Uh, I don't doubt that a great deal of the Ukrainian money that has been sent from American taxpayers to Ukraine is ending up you know where. And so for all of this horrible, horrible reasons and and the horrible um, circumstances occurring on a daily basis in Ukraine, for what? Only hurting America, what are they doing it for? Well, I think we know the answer. And uh, um, I, I think the, uh, you know, the, the, there's more problems as well, but essentially that is, that has to do with my Ukrainian prediction. And let's wrap up and look at the, the last a few predictions. That was number three. So let's go to number four. My fourth prediction was that technology is going to rapidly expand to far more than electronics. Today, when you think of tech, you're thinking of your cell phone, you're thinking of digital technology, you're thinking of software. Um, that is a relatively new and recent development. And my prediction says temporary development. Okay. And, uh, what am I saying? I'm saying that what we're going to find is that technology will very quickly begin to include coal and oil-fired power stations, in particular nuclear, and that um, um, there's so much broken in America that civil engineering, mechanical engineering are all areas of technology that have been neglected for years and years and years, for decades, but are which are now going to come back. And uh, let me just say that uh, because of the Ukrainian war, uh, the uh, energy situation in Europe is particularly dire, particularly in the 2022-2023 winter. And uh, not surprisingly, um, countries like Germany, which stupidly shut down their nuclear power stations at the behest of the environmental green lobby, well, guess what? They're frantically firing them up again. And there are new uh, nuclear engineering initiatives. America is restarting up nuclear power stations. Uh, the Rolls-Royce company is designing, building, and will be marketing new small 
transportable nuclear power stations. So on this one, uh, what do you think I'm entitled to get? That technology that that has been highly focused on electronics for 20 years and more is now going to return to its traditional uh, route. So there's a lot more to technology than just electronics, and that now we're going to see it going back to that. Uh, here, i got to tell you, I want to take 10 out of 10. I really do, because it's so clearly happening. Uh, but I know that you're not going to be happy with me taking 10 out of 10. After all, that suggests perfection, and who is perfect? Certainly not me. So I, I'm going to take 9 out of 10 for the fourth prediction. And the fifth prediction uh, is, well, fifth prediction was that um, we're going to see a uh, an increase or a, uh, how did I actually put it? Um, and finally, for my fifth prediction, atheism weakens, faith strengthens. That's what I said. Um, okay, so what am I talking about here? I'm talking about the fundamental conflict, certainly in the United States and elsewhere around the world, is between um, secular socialism and, on the other hand, Bible-based Judeo-Christian values. That's really what it's about. What do I mean by Bible-based Judeo-Christian values? The things that have sculpted Western civilization, uh, that... Um, ballots replace bullets, that violence is eschewed, that uh, democracy and democratic values do have some value, that um, marriage and family are at the root of human society, successful society, uh, that a uh, free market financial system is the best way to provide uh, the most number of people, the best relief from the challenges of nature, um, that um, um, women have status and are not, well, I mean, I don't have to elaborate on that. Those are Judeo-Christian values, and they are at war today with the values of secular socialism, undermining the family, uh, feminism, uh, undermining male-female distinctiveness, um, undermining democracy, even though the left accuses everyone else of undermining democracy, the reality is that freedom of speech and uh, integrity of elections and all of these things are mostly being challenged by the left. In other words, growing government is a major threat. Um, I've always said that you have to choose between whether you're going to be subject to the big G of God or the little G of government. It's going to be one of the two. And if you make government big, you are making yourself and the population small. If you make government small, you get a chance for human beings to grow and become bigger. And, uh, and so uh, here, what I said was that there were going to be steps in the in the right direction <clears throat> on this on this matter on this matter well yes there 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 have been a number um the the fact is that uh, many many prominent people are proclaiming faith um the churches are growing around the world um the notorious miller urey experiment is being put in its proper place this by the way is a, is a very important thing, and we'll 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 move towards wrapping up. 
and that is that uh, not only are there tremendous challenges in the uh, principle of Darwinian evolution, tremendous challenges um, having to do with the Cambrian explosion, the fossil record having to do with complexities in recently understood molecular biology. So not only um, did we find during 2022 some very fascinating and compelling challenges to a materialistic view of the world, that human beings are on this planet strictly because of a lengthy process of unaided materialistic evolution that converted uh, uh, alligators into racehorses and uh, chimpanzees um, into chiropractors. Uh, not only that is being challenged, but more importantly during 2022, uh, some very interesting challenges to the preceding question, not whether entities, not whether uh, natural life forms can mutate through the process of natural selection, um, but a much earlier question, which is where did life come from in the first place? And the answer to that, materialism has generally cited the 1952 Miller-Urey experiment in which they put uh, some water and methane and ammonia and hydrogen into a, a glass jar, and they sent electric sparks through it to simulate primeval lightning, and whoa, out came amino acids, and, uh, and I've, I've even quoted that the New Mexico Museum of Natural History and Science has a display that says um, uh, amino acids plus lightning equals life. Well, that is, that is so um, dramatically untrue that um, it, it, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And one of the things that happened during this year is even more um, refuting of the Miller-Urey experiment. Yes, it did do what they said it did, but it didn't take us anywhere closer to, to life. And here's how you can know that I'm telling you the truth. Um, you might say that none of us know enough about biology and about uh, chemistry to know whether the Miller-Urey experiment did show that this could produce life. And my answer is, you're right. None of us do know enough. However, here's the proof. The proof is that if in 1952, the Miller-Urey experiment really be showed promise and really showed the beginnings, the first signs of possible life, maybe a little bacterium or something, don't you think that in the, in the last 70 years, 60 years, don't you think we would have seen thousands of follow-up experiments? Don't you think that Miller-Urey would be as famous as Darwin? Don't you think that you'd have heard by now that um, life has been artificially created? You haven't heard that because it hasn't happened, never did happen, and the Miller-Urey experiment didn't prove it. So um, there we are, and that, and that really takes us to this, you know, this very basic question of whether or not we are on this planet because of a loving God who put us here, or, was we, or whether we're put here through an utterly unaided materialistic process of random uh, evolution. That's, that is the basic question. And if you tell me how you live your life, if you tell me you live as if it, everything is here because of materialistic reasons, I will tell you how you vote. I will tell you how you feel about abortion. I will tell you how you feel about male-female relationships. I will tell you how you feel about capitalism and the free market. But if you tell me 
that, on the other hand, you believe that we are here. Be- and again, it's always a question of belief. Neither side is proven, because if it was, there'd be no more debate. Uh, neither side is proven. And if you tell me you believe that we're here because a good and loving God put us here, well, likewise, I will know exactly how you feel if prided you thought about these things on almost every topic that we have discussed. So what do I give myself on the fifth prediction of faith? Um, I'm going to go low here. I'm going to say only three out of 10, because even though I actually do see these things happening, they're not on the front pages of the newspaper. They're not easily evident and easily available. So I got uh, three on the faith question. I gave myself seven on Russia and Ukraine. That's 10. I gave myself four on China and uh, and Taiwan. Um, is that, yeah, uh, am I right? I, I went three and, oh, three and nine. I went nine on technology goes beyond electronics. Three plus nine is 12 plus seven for Russia takes Ukraine is 12 plus seven is 19. And then uh, for China and Taiwan, I went four. So that's 23. And then for uh, the prediction of um, uh, blockchain technology, I had nine. Uh, So that's 23, 32. 32 out of 50, in other words, 64% is what I gave myself on my predictions. And I, I hope you'll you'll agree that I, I judged myself fairly strictly and fairly conservatively, fairly carefully. I hope, I hope you'll agree uh, that that is the case. But at any rate, that is how it comes out. 64% is how I grade my predictions for 2022. Um, you know, basically a passing grade, but um, if I'm thinking of doing predictions, I should probably keep my day job. And that is uh, providing you, my friends, with information, guidance, insights into the four F's and ancient Jewish wisdom, all here on the Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show. Uh, be sure to go to rabbidaniel.com, search for chart and Uh, you might want to sign on to the Chart Your Course program so that you can get absolutely the most out of 2023. So uh, go and look for that on rabbidaniellappin.com. And if you disagree with my grading of myself for 64% on my predictions, well, uh, make sure you are a Happy Warrior member. And uh, if you are, then by all means, let me know what you think. And if there are uh, changes to that, I'll announce that next week. But until next week, my friends, my prayers for you, for every happy warrior to thrive and to prosper with your five Fs. I want your faith and your friendships, your finance and your fitness and your family all to grow from strength to strength, onwards and upwards. I'm Rabbi Daniel Lappin. God bless. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.